0: Solutions broadcasting from the pods of Moving and Storage Studio. It's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I am Ramsey Personality, Rachel Cruz, sitting beside Ramsey Personality, and my co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, George Camel. And we are here taking your calls. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. So give us a call. We'll talk about your your money, your life, your relationships Your jobs, anything and everything You just give us a call Alright, starting us off This hour is Craig in St. Louis Hey Craig, welcome to the show
1: How are you guys doing?
0: Doing great, doing great How can we help?
1: Well here's my issue on Baby Steps too, And we're going through the steps And we're at the Part of the program where we um, We're at the smallest bill and technically, we, our church had a capital campaign and that we, um, we would contribute um, so much over the five years and we're down to 3850 on that, but that's zero interest on anything and it's, we got a payment plan of 150 per month for that till it's paid off. I'll basically have that if we stayed on that way, uh, paid off in two years. but again it's no. No interest. But I've got a truck payment that's 8500 And and that's the next one, next step up. I've got three other credit cards, and I want to try and get all this, um, this stuff taken care of. But I wanted to know, should I, I've got, I'm also a real estate agent, and I've got a transaction that's going to be coming up that could pay off. A big chunk of the 8500 or I could just totally pay off the church contribution. Which would you do?
0: Okay, it's a great question. Well, we teach, yeah, the debt snowball, and it's about paying your smallest debt off first to your largest, regardless of the interest rate. And so we're not really playing that, you know, the interest rate game here. It's really about knocking out those smallest debts first, which are really important. Okay, you mentioned you mentioned credit cards. How much was that again? Did you say 300
1: no, uh, I've got
0: three credit cards. Three credit cards. How? What, those, what are the balances on those?
1: Um, two are 12,
0: and
1: one
0: is 15. $15,000? $15, $15, yeah, 12,000, uh,
2: two are 12,000, and one is 15,000. Okay, okay. So, total about 39 on those. Woo! Right. We've been living La Vida Loca, Craig. What have we been doing? What was the majority of the spending oh, on those?
1: Just living life, and it just um, we we finally uh, we finally hit to where we're done with it uh, about six seven months ago, and we're just collecting on those. We have stopped using the cards, but we've you know just got to go through the steps and and put put use them and pay them off. Awesome. And we're doing little by little. That's so great. we're doing it, like you said, we're going trying to go gazelle and fence on. On the smaller stuff, and it's working, but it's yeah. just uh, it's
0: taking some time. Just wanted
1: to know which one, which yeah. one you would do
3: first.
0: For sure. Well, yeah, I would knock out the church first because it's the smallest, and then I'd be knocking out the truck next, and then hitting on that twelve thousand dollar card, the next twelve thousand, and then the fifteen thousand.
2: Yeah, just stick to the debt snowball. How
0: much you guys make a year?
1: About one hundred seventy thousand.
2: Okay. Love it. Great income to yeah. clean up this pile of debt. And for you'll, sure. How quickly do you think you'll do that with with some gazelle intensity and doing the debt snowball?
1: I, we're also, our daughter is finished up. She's got a year left in college. And you know, we got a 529 and we've been paying cash for that. Um, so we're anticipating probably to take anywhere from two to four years.
2: Four years?
1: I, I'm just kind of going off. That's how I think it, it would
2: take. Man, I just think making 170k, and if I'm adding up your debt correctly, if you told us everything, you got about fifty-one thousand in debt.
1: I still, I also have a mortgage still and uh, an equity line, and I'm counting that in there too. Oh, how
0: much is the how much is the equity line?
1: Equity line is uh, fifty.
0: Fifty. Okay, so I would yeah, add that 50, in your debt. 000. Yeah, I would add that into your debt snowball too, Craig. Because if it's less than half of your annual income, right, I would I would add that as well. So we are yeah. talking
2: closer to hundred k debt yeah. outside of your mortgage, right, right. Yep. And you can use are you using every dollar. Are you using the debt snowball app that we all, that we have?
1: We are following. Um, I don't have the every dollar app, but we are definitely doing. Um, doing a budget and we are definitely following, you know, smallest to largest and doing, doing that like,
2: Sweet. Well, we want to gift that to you to help you along this journey. So hang on the line. Jenna's going to pick up. We're going to gift you every dollar premium. It'll connect to your bank. It'll help you get an even better plan for every single dollar coming in. And along with that, we're going to gift you one year of Financial Peace University to motivate you, encourage you, equip you with some knowledge. Uh, It's one of the best ways to stay motivated. When you've got a big chunk of debt like that, and you've got a two, three year slog ahead of you, I think this is really going to help. So watch it with your family, watch it with your wife, and man... Call us back when you're debt-free. It's going to be a For great sure. story.
0: Yeah, and Craig, you know, looking at these numbers and then adding that extra $50,000, so yeah, it's, it's bumping up to, to hundred, dollars $101,000. Making one seventy dollars though, you know, living on nothing. We kind of, the joke around here is like rice and beans, beans and rice, you don't go out to eat, you're not going on vacation, like you all are doing nothing until this debt is cleaned up. And man, I focusing so, so much on it and then even say, okay, what are the things... That we can, what are ways that we can cut our expenses and also make extra? Like, is there a period of six months where you say, all right, starting in January till May, we're going to be working extra jobs and seeing how much we can bring in. And then we're going to reevaluate. I mean, the, the more you sacrifice and the harder you work, the more you work, the more hours you put in to be making money, the more to throw out this debt and the faster you'll get out. So Craig, I'm excited for you guys. I can hear in your voice that you're like, we are done we are done. Uh, and and it's amazing what that sacrifice of getting out of debt, the baby's up to, how powerful it is. And you have, yeah, two, three, three and a half years ahead of you. So it's going to be a marathon. It's not going to happen overnight. But we hear those stories all the time yeah. around here. What's interesting, do it. Rachel,
2: I wonder, sometimes the high income earners, it's harder for them to do this plan because it involves a level of sacrifice where you have to swallow your pride and you have to drive the crap of your car and you have to do the side job and people are going, whoa, whoa, I thought they were doing great. I saw him delivering pizzas.
0: Yeah, yes. Wow,
2: and that hurts. And so for the high income earners, sometimes our plan can be harder in a sense for them emotionally and mentally.
0: No, it's a great thing. Financially, point. it's
2: great because you have a giant shovel.
0: That's right, that's but right.
2: it's hard because you have to live like no one else. It's that emotional side of it.
0: That's right. It's the humility to say, man, we screwed up. And we're gonna do what we have to do to get out of this, regardless of what other people are thinking. And it does—it sucks to be like we're gonna go backwards. Well, the house with of cards life.
2: comes crumbling down. The life you thought you were actually living when That's it was right. really just on payments—that's exactly a facade.
0: right. Or excited for you, Craig. Once Way you, to go, man! Remember when you when you pay off those those credit cards, cut them up, get rid of them. Don't let the temptation be laying around. This is the Ramsey Show. With no network and the freedom to choose your health care provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz, co-hosting today with George Camel. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225 here on The Ramsey Show. Up next, we have Keith in Louisiana. Hey, Keith. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Absolutely. How can we help?
4: Okay. So, um, I just recently retired in February. Um, I'm 62 years old had a career for 42 years and finally stepped down and retired. Um, I followed Yell Baby Steps. Uh, I've been following Yell for about five years now and followed the Baby Steps. I uh, also went to a sport investor and uh, got an advisor.
0: Good, yeah. And
4: I uh, went through that process. And um, I feel I'm on Baby step six now. So my question is, I'm still left with my house note. I still owe like 120000 on my home. Um, I don't have a big house note, but um, I still have that, let's say, monkey on my back, which is bothering me. So just trying to figure out what I should do to maybe pay it off.
2: Awesome. Well, I'm proud of you, man. That's incredible. So you found us five years ago, which was in your late 50s, right? Correct. I yeah, love that. I
4: was a slow starter, let's say. I had some issues. It started, uh, we had Hurricane Katrina on the way and things like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, Well, you're an inspiration
2: to many, Keith, because a lot of people go, well, I'm 57, What's, what hope is there for me? It's too late. I'm like, 57? You still have a lot of life to live, and you decided it's not too late for me. I'm going to retire with dignity, and I want to pay my house off. So uh, where are you at yeah. financially? Do you have money, a nest egg? Um, Do you have retirement money?
4: I have a nest egg, and I have retirement money. It's uh, generating uh, monthly uh, income.
2: Is it like a pension. I have
4: uh, uh, I took the uh,
2: lump sum. Okay.
4: Instead of a monthly pension.
2: So walk us through so your, your kind of net worth.
4: Okay. What's so in the Hardly. I have one point seven million.
0: Amazing, awesome. Keith.
4: What's that in? Um, it's diversified. They have it in a little bit of everything. IRAs. Uh, I have my advisor I has. I'm not very good with this still after these years, but they have it diversified enough to where uh, it's generating some money for me. Well, Monthly. no one
2: mistakenly acquires $1.7 so you've done some really intentional stuff along the way. Have you talked to your advisor yeah. about the best strategy and use of this money? Uh, you know, if there's Roth portions and there's traditional portions, what's best to use first if you were going to take some of this money and pay off the house?
4: Not yet. I haven't talked to her yet about it. Um, we, we meet quarterly on... We, very, very often, actually, calls me. You know, pretty often when things change and they move stuff around if they need to at the market. Um, but yeah, that's great.
0: So yeah, I would talk yeah. to her, Keith, because she's a smart investor pro, so she's very familiar with uh, the Ramsey baby steps, and so she'll know that yes, you still have this one hundred and twenty house payment or uh, mortgage. But what's great, Keith, is it's just one hundred and twenty thousand dollars compared to one point 7, seven million. million. So you are in. But
4: it's got me so nervous, though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think you can pay it off very quickly. So okay. I would recommend in the next yes, that next quarter, telling her that because remember this always, regardless whether it's a smart pro, or you're t- using a, a tax professional, these people work for you, Keith. This is your money. That $1.7 million, you did that. You, This is your money. And she's there to advise you because she is in the ins and outs of the investment world. And so it's always good to have someone on your side like that. But what you're feeling is that urgency of like, I just want to get this paid off. And so pay it off. Tell her, I want this paid off. So what is the best way to get $120,000 Right now, to me, so that I can get rid of this mortgage because financially you are in a 1000% great place to do that, Keith. Um, and then you're able to let the rest of that 1.6, you know, uh, be able to continue, to, continue grow. to grow. And uh, what a fabulous job, though, Keith. You did you've done a remarkable job. So, congratulations! And I'm excited you all have your house paid off ASAP. Going into retirement. And you are, yeah, you're gonna be able to enjoy. So, congratulations. And again, that's a a little bit of a shout out to our Smart Investor Pros. They are all over the country, you guys, and they are investment professionals that have the heart of a teacher, and they know the Ramsey baby steps, so they really do walk with people when it comes to your investing, because it's an intimidating part of your financial picture. You know, when you're talking about Roth IRAs and 401ks and mutual funds, you know, it's like, well, what's capital gains? When do I get taxed when it's, you know, my income bracket, you know, if I'm switch, if I'm going to be moving... And selling houses, you know, like they are they are able to look at your entire financial picture and really, really help you with that side. And having people that that's their job, it's the ins and outs, it's like what they eat and breathe every single day, it is so helpful. Yeah,
2: we both have SmartVestor pros, because I'm not in the ins and outs, I don't know what's happening in the industry, and they're thinking about things at a different level, yes. strategically, they're going, well, what if you move this over here, and you could actually use this charitable deduction,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm going,
2: oh, I had no idea, that's, that's amazing, right. and so... They're so knowledgeable beyond just helping you, you know, just choose an investment. You have to look at your bigger financial picture, your legacy, your net worth. What is the best use? How do I steward this really well and strategically? And they know all the ins and outs. They know the laws. They know the codes. I mean, it's incredible. So uh, if you don't have one, go to RamseySolutions.com and go to Ramsey Recommends and connect with one in your area today. It gives you such peace and such confidence.
0: Absolutely. All right. Up next, we have Laura in Philadelphia. Hey, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Thanks for calling.
5: Okay, so um, my I'm thirty years old. So is my husband. Uh, most of my twenties was spent spending money, and my poor husband. He um, is not a spender. Um, when he does spend, he could spend big, but he doesn't. Um, he we're up to making one hundred and thirty thousand dollars together a year. Before bonus Um, My question is We have So we sold our house um, This year actually And we moved Back to state And uh, we paid off About $40,000 worth of debt
0: Nice Congratulations
5: Yes It did take a big chunk off But we still have $50,000 worth of consumer debt Um, Our one car Is almost paid off We have about $2,900 left on it um, so I have that part of our snowball, my other car, we bought it, uh, brand new. It's a lease. Um, my lease payment is almost $500 a month. I am sick and tired of it. I finally had my, I had it moment. Um, and I called the dealership. They will take it back. We are over miles. We still have a year left on the lease. Um, and they would take it back and we wouldn't know anything but we wouldn't get anything out of it. So we would have to go buy a car in cash um, and it would be, you know, a day car. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I, I'm just really nervous because we do have a two-year-old and I, you know, my husband was a mechanic. He's, he's in a corporate office now um, in management, but he, I mean, he does have the tools. He does have the knowledge to fix a car. Good. Um, what's, what's the
2: early buyout on it? Have you asked them?
5: So, if I wanted to buy it out today, my residual value is right around 34000 Okay. And that's pretty much what they're going to buy it back for. Um, so, if you bought it from would, them, what would
2: it cost? And if you could resell that after?
5: So, that's that's that, that's what I'm scared of, too, because I did think about that. Uh, it's a Toyota 4Runner, so it does, you know, hold its value. Um... I've just been seeing that in the market yeah. as I've
2: been following it is people that give it back, it's it's the most money you can lose on a lease, which it's already a terrible way to get a car. But if you did the buyout and then you sold that car, do you guys have the cash to do that?
5: So no. And that's why I was very scared to do that. I didn't want to buy it out and get into a larger finance payment and then get stuck with it and not be able to sell it.
2: Mm. Yeah, this may just be one of those stupid tax scenarios where you go, never again. That was a dumb move and uh, it hurt. And I don't want to feel that pain again. So you may just need to give it back at that point and get you a used car with cash that you can fix up for now until you're out of debt. And then we can upgrade later, making 130. You guys are going to get out of this thing fast and upgrade. So we're rooting for you. Way to go.
0: show we are taking your calls at 888-825-5225 and today's question comes from blinds.com blinds.com 100 satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color they'll remake your blinds for free you get free samples free shipping and with the new promos they run every month you'll save even more use promo code ramsey to get the best deal
2: today's question comes from meredith in wisconsin I'm 27 years old and trying my best to do the baby steps so I can buy a house with a, with, a, with as little debt as possible. But I feel like in today's market, it's nearly impossible to find a decent house that's affordable. How can I accelerate my savings to buy the house I really want that's currently outside of my budget? Mm. This is a tough one, Rachel. There's a lot of people, especially in their 20s and 30s, frustrated right now with how the housing market has been the last few years. And with wages not increasing at that rate, they're going, This isn't fair. Now the average house is four hundred grand and I'm making thirty, forty, fifty. How am I ever going to save up a down payment in order to get the house that I really want?
0: Yep. Well, I think that's the phrase there. It's what I want, right? And so it's not always about what you want, it's what you can afford even if it's not a lot and I, and it and it does like it it sucks that you look back and you're like if in 2019 it was a different world and here we are in 2022 and it's not that prices have you know significantly dropped it's slowed down the market has which is great for buyers you have a little bit more room for negotiation and all of that but it's still a lot of places have still held that value even when it spiked up so um it you know I I feel like I'm going to sound cold, George. No, usually that's your. Usually it's me. I'm very happy. Usually you're the one to do this.
2: Take note, America. But
0: I'm like, but what sucks is like math doesn't care.
2: Heartless. Math doesn't have
0: emotion, and so we can sit and complain about it because it does suck. Like I mean, yeah. But if you just sit there and complain, then what else are you going to do? So you have to be able to say, okay, here's the reality. Here's the reality. I'm not going to be able to buy in that county that I wanted to right now. I'm going to have to, you know, go 20 minutes further out than I was expecting to get that kind of house. Or I'm going to have to stay in the area I want to buy in. But my house is going to be significantly smaller than what I was expecting. And so, again, that's not fun. None of you want it. You want what you want. But when the numbers aren't there, you have to deal with, okay, where are the numbers playing out for me if I really want to buy a home? And I mean, it's not fun, but that's the truth. That's what you have to do because it's not going to be a great thing. You know, uh, being a homeowner, it's wonderful. And we want everyone eventually to because it's a really smart place to put your money financially. But it also is so emotionally driven sometimes for people that they jump in Without, you know, doing the due diligence of having a secure foundation of, of not having payments, not having debt, having an emergency fund, being wise as they get into it, making sure, again, even what they're buying isn't out of their budget. And uh, it's it's hard, but it's what you got to do now.
2: Oh, yeah. It makes me think of that old adage, cheap, fast, or good. You can only choose two.
0: Oh.
2: You know, if you want it cheap and fast, we can do that, but it won't be good. That's good. You know, and so there's a level that you have to compromise sliding scales when it comes to housing of, all right, I really want that house. Either it's going to take more time to get the house that I want, or I can do it faster, but I'm going to have to go 30 minutes into the next county, and it might be a condo instead of the single family home. Right. And it might need a few upgrades that I have to make a few years from now, because it doesn't have the kitchen that I wanted with the backsplash. And so we talked about this on Smart Money Happy Hour in our first episode about how HGTV ruined a generation. (laughs)
0: They ruined our lives because the expectations us how great are just. Houses could look like. Yeah, and
2: now we're like everyone hated their house after watching Chip and Joe make a house beautiful. I know. Like I want to do that, and so there's a level of patience that we need resetting expectations. And on top of that, she's asking how do I accelerate my savings? And me and my wife, we did this when buying our first home, which the Nashville area is super expensive. We live in one of the wealthiest counties in the nation here in Williamson County, Tennessee, and we decided, all right, we're going to get a townhome for our first home. We don't need a giant single family home for just the two of us. And so we did that, we increased our income. I was taking on side jobs, I was building websites, I was hosting outside events, I was doing all kinds of things just to bring in extra income to save up for that down payment. We did no spend months. We cut a lot of luxuries and subscriptions and things that we would've loved to do as a newlywed couple, but we went, you know what? The house is a priority over that vacation. And those are the kinds of things you have to really grapple with in order to have the things you want.
0: Yep, for sure. You know, it took Winston and I close to a decade, almost 10 years, to get to the point that we're like, okay, we're going to upgrade to the next home. And it was a long goal it was a long goal that we knew and even toward the end we weren't quite where we wanted so yeah we were we were cutting stuff i was yeah i was taking on any kind of speaking thing i could yeah to, i was like i was saying yes to everything so I'm there's, like, a, there's g- a
2: kind of gazelle intensity to it
0: of that yes toward the end which was which was great because we we needed it and that's what we wanted that was our goal but here's the thing too george is it's not worth having a home it, it feel you know for someone that's looking mostly for your first time home buyers. Again, we want you to get to that place where you can own a home because it's, it's just smart financially, but it looks so glamorous from the outside. And when people make a move, a bad financial move into something they can't afford, I would say the mental health, the stress, the Mm. anxiety, it offsets what you thought this house was going to be and how great it was. It's like, Oh my gosh, I would rather go back to where we were and rent and not have the stress that we have now. And so there's there's a give and take there when you yeah. go and you move into something you can't afford. It's, it's not, it doesn't create a glamorous experience.
2: Here's the big takeaway. You can tweet this, Rachel.
0: Thank you, George. Home
2: ownership is not the antidote to your lack of happiness. It's not. Wow. It's not gonna be there because home ownership has a lot of costs. And on top of that, yes. most people that do it prematurely they're also in debt in other areas and so yep. now you have the car payment you have the student loans you have the credit cards you have your it buy compounds. now pay later and oh, then let me say this on the live.
0: on the emotional contentment side george you take you with you into the new house too wow
2: Rachel is ice cold today, and we love to see. And
0: it. there's something about it because I went through this too, where I was like, I just want a different kitchen. <laughs> I would be you, life would just be better if we had a bigger kitchen. You know, I had all these thoughts. No,
2: life would be better if you went to therapy and got I, control of your marriage. <laughs> I, How about that? America? And so
0: then I look at I'm like, oh my gosh! But like your like it's still you moving yeah. in. Even if it's a bigger kitchen, it's still all that discontentment that you have in other th- in other parts of your life too. So it's. It's not the end all be all. Well, Rachel,
2: there's a hilarious TikTok out there that I think sums up the frustration that America's feeling. Do you okay, want to see it? I would love to see it. Okay, let's roll that.
6: How is any young person ever going to own a home? It's maybe hate old people. I see a few of you in here tonight. I hate you. Because every old person in a city like L.A. or New York or London is the same. They're like, my house is worth $2 million, but when I bought it in 1981, I paid 11 raspberries for it. <laughs> And every young person's like, I have nine roommates. <laughs> we each pay $11,000 a month. <laughs> every single one of us is a lawyer except for Ted. And every single old person's like, I'm a librarian with a home at the beach.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, That's while While funny. it's an exaggeration, that is hilarious. Well, that is funny, because there's some truth
0: to, it. to that. Yes. Well, a lot of the pressure's
2: coming from parents. Who, by the way, raised their kids to go follow your passions at all costs and go $300,000 into student loan debt. And then they're like, why are you married? Why don't you have a house yet? Where are the grandkids? Give us the... And they're like, dude, I can't even breathe. I can't get to next week, let alone buy a house. And so this doesn't just fall. This is not to blame a generation. This is to go, listen, we've made some mistakes. We have to accept responsibility and we have to accept the reality that home prices are insane. Now what are we going to do? That's right. What's next?
0: And having options, that's another thing, you know, you, and you can add school, college on top of this, the tuition, how insane it's gotten, I mean, all of it, so all this stuff has, and so what it does, it forces you to look and say, okay, what what is the wisest route, because it's not just like, oh, you have to own a home tomorrow, or you have to go get a college degree, right, like, it's not the, it's not that black and white anymore, it's like, okay, what what can I afford in this moment? What, where do I want to be in five years, right? And so working towards something as well. Yes. But it is. And it's, it starts and it's hard.
2: with, guess what? I have to get out of debt first and have an emergency fund and then save up the down payment. And yes, that might be three, four, five, six years from now. But when you get there, you're going to have a peace about it. You did it with intentionality. No ragrets. Right, Rachel? Oh,
0: George. It will never die. God bless you. God bless you, my friends. Good stuff. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Paying off debt is smart. Investing and saving is smart. But there's one key to winning with money that people overlook all the time. And that's protecting your finances from emergencies. And that's where insurance comes into play. So now there are about 10 different kinds of insurance coverage that you might need based on what your life looks like today. So we built a tool called Coverage Checkup to show you which types that you need to add, drop, or adjust. We'll even rank your coverage list by importance, email it to you, and connect you with a Ramsey-trusted insurance provider so that you can plan in pla- You can put a plan in place fast. And seriously, you guys, it takes five minutes, and it might be the most important five minutes that you spend today. Uh, Donald H. wrote in and said, For anyone who has not completed this checkup, do it now. You never know when something will happen, and you never want to leave your family in a bad situation. That's exactly right. So visit RamseySolutions.com/checkup. That's RamseySolutions.com/checkup. And don't let em- don't let an emergency sneak up on you. Protect your family now. Yeah, insurance is a important part of this. George, it's
2: offense and defense. You don't need to know a lot about sports to understand that <laughs> metaphor, but. You can build wealth, but keeping it and protecting it is a whole yes. other ball game. I'm so
0: proud that you that you use sports analogy, George. Well, with,
2: with your Tennessee Vols doing You're well, early. Rachel, I, know. I decided to learn. So you gave me some spark notes earlier I did. during the break. I did.
0: About well, the top four teams. Can Tennessee make it to the SEC Championship even if they pass. lose Georgia? Possibly. We'll see. All right. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. And up next is Dustin in Pittsburgh. Hey, Dustin. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, guys. Uh, great job on the Smart Money Happy Hour podcast.
0: Oh, um, thanks, Dustin. Appreciate, that, appreciate Dustin. that,
3: Yeah, so I've got a question um, about where I'm at in the baby steps and whether or not I should continue to be gazelle intense and contribute to the match in my 401k at work um, while I'm doing these steps. And they're kind of falling between baby steps three and four. Uh, so I'm, I'm 24 years old. I, I'm on baby step three. And I'm probably going to finish off my three-month emergency fund by the end of this year. Cool. Uh, so my next few goals are to buy out my car lease, and that will take roughly one year of saving. Uh, the second goal would be to buy some rings and uh, marry my girlfriend. We've, we're going through FPU together. We're halfway through.
0: Nice. Congratulations.
3: Thanks. And then uh, down payment on a house. So what do you guys think about how I reach those goals, like what intensity level we should be at, and whether I should invest or not up to the match at work?
0: Hmm. Well, That's a great question.
2: you're on a great path, and uh, you mentioned you've got the car lease, which would technically put you in baby step two.
3: And so, do you know
2: mm-hmm. the early buyout amount of that car?
3: Yeah, I'm halfway through the lease, and I would say it's probably another three or four thousand uh, dollars if I don't buy it out with cash.
2: Hmm. That's the only caveat on these plans, because other than that. You know, baby step three and three B into four, it's kind of a choose your own adventure based on your goals, where you're at. If you want to invest 15% once you have the fully funded emergency fund while saving up the down payment, it's going to take longer, but that's a great option. If you want to split the difference and go, I'm going to invest in the match and then the rest I'm going to save for the down payment. You can also do that. Some people go scorched earth and go, I'm not going to invest at all. And I'm going to save up this down payment really fast. So there's kind of three buckets you can choose in that regard.
3: Okay, so what about the car lease? Um, I was planning on saving up for one year to buy it out. It's about sixteen thousand dollars residual value.
0: How much do you make, um, Dustin? Uh,
3: starting next year, assuming a four percent raise, around seventy thousand a year. Okay. And what's the car worth? Uh, whenever I went in to lease it, it was worth I'd say like twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars.
2: Okay, so it'll probably be around sixteen, seventeen by the time you would do the early buyout.
3: Yeah, yeah, sixteen thousand. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not too much of your world if you like the car and you want to keep it. At that point, is that the plan?
3: Yep. Yeah. Nothing but compliments on it. Um, And I, I, you know, I did the math, figured out it's only it'll only be like a quarter of my take-home pay or uh, the gross pay anyway. So yeah, it's not like it's a crazy vehicle.
2: Okay. Are you saying the payment?
3: Oh no the um, the total value of the car like the sixteen divided by the seventy would only be like a quarter or third. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay cool yeah
0: yes i mean i mean if you went that route dustin then obviously you said it'll take you a year to save um that amount and then how much do you want to spend on a ring
3: um i was thinking about five thousand for the ring and leaning towards the conventional wedding costs around like you know twenty thousand or under
0: are you guys paying for the wedding
3: yeah we haven't talked to our families yet about it but um we've been together for five years and and okay. you know, I would like to get married within the next two.
0: Okay, that's great. Well, um,
2: sounds reasonable on that end.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're just going to, this car lease, which I hate for you, I'm like, man.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I used to keep my car payment low while I was paying off my student loans. That I knocked out in August, but now, you know, I'm facing down another big expense saving up to buy it out.
0: Yep, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so I would do it in that order. Yeah. Um, I would be say yeah, the the ring in the car, obviously, and then what you guys can pull together cash-wise for the wedding, um, because all, because, you know, your life is going to look so different in two years, and because of your age and everything, obviously, investing is very important, and the earlier you start, the better off you are, but I wouldn't lose sleep over, you know, not doing that for, for two years, because of where you're at. You just have a lot of life change it's going to cause... It's going to cost money to do a lot of this stuff. And so I just want you to have the cash for it. So prioritizing it, yeah. So yeah, the car and the ring.
2: But I would pause investing until you are out of that lease, lease and yep. you have the fully funded emergency fund.
0: Yeah, I would not be investing, Dustin, until you have the emergency fund like jo- yes, like George said and the car is yours, the ring, and you guys are well on your way saving for the wedding. So if that's a pause on investing for two years, then that's that's probably what it's going to be.
2: And you're young. You got plenty of time to do that. And I I personally like the fire it lights under you to go, man, I'm missing out on that free money in the match. I'm missing out on compound growth. And that's going to actually propel you to do the other steps. The problem is people get comfortable because they go, well, I'm investing a little bit. I'm saving a little bit. I'm paying off a little bit of debt. Yep, I'm good. But the problem is you don't really make progress in any of those areas because of that. That's right. So thanks for the question, Dustin. Appreciate it.
0: Yep. All right, up next we have Sean in San Antonio. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Rachel. Hey, George. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. How can we help?
6: It's so nice to talk to you guys. I'm extremely nervous, but at the same time, um, excited. So I have... um, a mortgage question, I would like to pay off my house just to basically have more peace in my life. Um, I have the means to do so, and it wouldn't take me all the way down. I would still have my emergency, emergency fund plus some. Um, I also have a three-year-old son. My fiancé is in school full-time for one more year. She's uh, going into her senior year, and then we're going to move uh, so my son is in a better school district. So I don't know if I should keep liquid cash or just get the money back when I sell.
0: Okay. So when you sell, are you when you guys move from? Yes, your home. Okay. So how much do you have left on your mortgage?
6: Ninety five thousand.
0: Ninety five thousand. Okay. And how much do you have in above your emergency fund?
6: I would say above my emergency fund, like 110. So I have 135 liquid. Okay. So that would leave a decent emergency fund on top of that.
0: Okay, awesome. I mean I, I'm twenty
6: eight years old, I'm self employed, I'm gazelle intense. I listen to Smart Money Happy Hour, um, and I've just listened to Dave for the past couple of years. I've tried my hardest to follow by y'all's, you know, principles, but it's hard sometimes, but I'm I'm gazelle intense. Yeah. Well you're doing um, a great
0: job, yeah. Sean. I mean the numbers you just gave us, and I'm assuming you have no consumer debt, this mortgage is the last thing. So yeah, That's if-
6: it. I've never had any debt in my life besides this mortgage. I've had it since I was 19, and yeah. it's just one of those things that I just want out of my life. But I know when we move, we'll probably end up... Getting a bigger house just because that's just the way it's going to go. Well, here's what you do, Sean: get money. get the
2: final payoff amount from the mortgage lender, and you're going to wire that money and be debt free by tomorrow. And then w- until you move, just stack up cash on top of that so that when you do move, you have all the proceeds from your home sale plus this other stack of cash. Man, you guys are going to be guys set a great, up a
0: great spot. And don't combine those finances until after you're married, Sean. I know you said that we're engaged, so be saving for that wedding too you guys get married and that's so exciting sean well done so cool hard work has paid off well thank you george for a great hour thanks Thanks to you all you guys in the booth and thank you america for listening this is the ramsey show
2: do you love a good day brand Wanna see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.